Right Brain Club, a podcast that gives you an insight into the various artistic career paths the world has to offer. Whether you're interested in writing, acting, dancing or painting, there's something here for you. I am your host, Hero Fancit, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Right Brain Club, episode three of our creative lockdown series. Uh, I'm your host, Hero, and today I have with me the one and only Dan Roberts of Parkview. And from what I can gather, Parkview are just like a sort of proggy alternative rock band from sort of South Wales, you know, a bit of Cardiff. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought it was a bit of a shoegazy vibe, but Dan, I believe, disagrees. So, yeah. What do you think of shoegaze, Dan? <laughs> it's, um, the, the, our song Conscious, like, I think there's a little, there's a little bit of the style in that one, in that one song. But, like, as a, as a whole, I wouldn't say we're shoegazy. Um, but shoegaze is cool. Like, 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 have you, like, have you heard Loathe before? Um, funnily enough... Loathe, like I've, I've I've heard Holding Absence, and I, I think Fez from Loathe, I think he was in Holding Absence. Are they similar to Holding Absence? Um, I I, I think uh, Loathe are a lot heavier. Like uh, I'd say uh, Holding Absence are more like like emotional, sort of atmospherically music, but Loathe are more shoegazy and heavy. Been a bit um, been a bit like uh, been a bit like that um, like Death Tones. Yeah, I should definitely check that out then if they're like Deftones. Um, but yeah, I was actually going to say, um, I said to you earlier, I've been sort of stalking your music a little bit and um, I checked out that tr- well, a couple of your tracks and uh, one that stood out to me was Conscious um, because you do this awesome, like, there's like this, um, this like fancy hi-hat work, like just after the first chorus, it's like little fill you do. It's so nice. Oh, thanks. I replayed it like five times. <laughs> Yeah, like um, we wanna we wanna stick to that sound. So before before quarantine happened, me and the boys started um, playing music again because we had a break because we had a few issues. Um, but we decided to like get back and make music. But we said that we were gonna mainly do that style because our EP, I think, it uh, like all the songs are totally different. Like it's uh, like in some songs we like we always sound like we're like a different band. But and I think I I said like I think we need more of a formula. So I think, uh, mm. yeah, we're gonna stick to that, like that sound more, because I think that's what we do. Be- I think that's what we do better than heavy stuff. It's 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 really frustrating when you're kind of finding your feet with the music that you're making, because like you want everybody to agree. Everybody's got different tastes. Um, like currently, like just from the other tracks I listened to of yours, like Dreaming of Dystopia, that one as well. Um, that's got like some classic rock vibes, which just I love yeah. that. It's but overall, it sounds like you guys have like a really slick sound. Like, oh, I think thanks. you're going in the right direction with it, to be honest. I was listening to it and I was like really impressed with the sound quality, with the video. Just, yeah, you guys seem like you're all finding your sound with it. It's, it's, I think it sounds like it's going really well. <laughs> oh, thanks. Are you guys all friends from school? Like, because that's the sort of vibe I get is that you guys, a couple of you know, knew each other previously. Yeah, we all, um, we all knew each other from school. Well, me, me and Elliot, the guitar player, knew each other from school. Francis was in school, but I wasn't friends with him in school. He used to hang out with my younger brother. 
Oh, okay, cool. Um, so we all knew each other, but then we started a band and then we all got like really close. Yeah, I think it's, I really envy that. I really envy people who either have like family in the band or like just like just, just knowing each other from school because it means you have that relationship level where you can be honest with each other. There's no politeness. You can have yeah. that, you can build down that barrier and be like, you know what, this isn't working. Like this isn't happening. Let's just get this song finished. Like it just, it really helps, I think, to just be productive, to get rid of that, to break that ice. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, Luke, the singer, he's, um, he's the one we, we, we've only known since we started the band. He's from, he's from Cardiff. I put a message out on Facebook asking for, um, I said, I, we didn't know what we were going to sound like as a band. I said, um, oh, we're going to be Dillinger Escape Plan kind of stuff. But we never sounded anything like that at all. And he, and he said he'd come and practice with us. And it, instantly we just, um, we, we had like a friendship almost straight away with him. It felt like, felt like we knew him for years from our first practice. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, we didn't see any other singers. We were like, we were like no. We'll, um, we'll have a look because his voice is interesting as well. I don't think I've I don't think I've heard anybody else sound like him. No, yeah, he's got a super unique voice. I really like that. That struck me straight away. Yeah, people have like said he sounds a bit like uh, the guy from Billy Talent. Even though Lucas never even listened to Billy Talent in his life. <laughs> he does. He has. He's got a really classic rock vibe. I think he kind of yeah, sounds yeah. a little bit, just a little bit like Bruce Dickinson from um, Iron Maiden. Like, just like he's just got like this, but not. It's not like a cheesy sort of hard rock thing. It's just you just don't hear it nowadays. You don't you don't no, hear that. You're it's, right. It's really it's really unique. Yeah, it's really like and if um if if singers go for that sound, they like they um they exaggerate their voice to like make it sound like classic rock. But like Luke just naturally has has that voice. Like he's not he's not yeah he's totally. not he's not putting it on. He just he sounds he just sounds like that. Yeah, it doesn't sound forced at all. It sounds no, supernatural. Like. It's, it's the same with, um, I think that withholding absence, like, oh, what's his name? Lucas, isn't he? Lucas, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a great, he's a great songwriter too. Yeah, just like the ability to have this like angelic voice. Like, <laughs> I really envy that. I think that's, I don't know, to, to, to not have an, an instrument in your hands to hide behind, like you're just singing. I think it's such a cool talent. Like your, your voice is your instrument and you can like play with it. You can play with the audience. I really envy that. Um, but I was actually going to ask you what what when did you start drumming? What made you start drumming? It's a cliche question, but um, I I remember like uh, when I came home from school, I was about ten. And my my dad's a, my dad's a drummer. He used to be like in the eighties. Used to be in a band called Mad Dog, and they got signed and they made like one album and then they uh, I think they split up after that, which is a shame. They sounded a bit like Motorhead kind of kind of stuff like yeah. Um, so I always had like electric kits in my house when I was growing up and like when nobody was in the room I would just like hit them not even like trying to play them properly I would just hit them and then eventually I was like oh I kind of like this <laughs> and then I started uh, teaching myself like dad asked me dad then said uh, sure draw lessons off me and I was like no that's okay I'll, I'll teach myself and then I, I started playing to bands like Korn, Linkin Park, nice. Deftones yeah all the goodies <laughs> I think the first song I ever learned, I, I taught myself on drums was Master of Puppets by Metallica. <laughs> so you didn't start off with the Beatles, you kind of went straight for the like. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to mimic the way Dave Grohl played drums as well. Yeah, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that, I was actually going to bring up Dave Grohl, because like, he's, Dave Grohl obviously is like everybody, I mean, everybody's got an opinion about Dave Grohl, but um, I, was I, I was listening to this interview with him, um, 
And he was talking about being a front man, like playing guitar, writing songs and comparing that to like his experience with drumming. Yeah. And I really agreed with this because obviously you've seen me like I, I have fronted a band, I've played guitar and like write songs, but ultimately I love drumming. And he said in this interview, like as much as I love Foo Fighters and like I love playing guitar and stuff like there's nothing quite like having your head in the middle of all that noise yeah. when you're a drummer. Yeah, it's good. Like just being, just literally having your head in the middle of everything that's going on. You're the one that's like driving that. Um, so, like, I don't know how you feel about that. Like, I occasionally miss. Like, I get this like pang of longing for getting up at the front and like thrashing around with my bandmates yeah. and stuff. But ultimately, like that is there's nothing quite as exhilarating as just like smashing the shit out of drums basically yeah i am um, like um some some gigs i like i'll i'll probably go for it like if um like the energy in the room is you know like hypes you up then i i will go almost over the top sometimes yeah i yeah start smashing the kit up and then sometimes my band will be and sometimes my band will be like yeah dan calm down i'll <laughs> yeah, hold it back a bit next time but yeah i know what you mean oh. i find that's the that's when you start playing your best yeah they hardly they hardly say that to me unless I'm being ridiculous, like, which is every now and then. Just one like you're breaking shit, basically. I remember once our drummer <laughs> yeah. was um, for Cult of Hands, you, Dan Wood, he was drumming. I think we were practicing in um, Pirate Studios and the, the cymbal just fell off. It just fell oh, off the stand. No. <laughs> it was just like, okay, yeah, we've been playing pretty hard. <laughs> but I find like that's when you play your best. I think when you, you lose your inhibitions and you get completely into it, it's quite hypnotic. Yeah. I remember like when we played our EP launch in Fuel, and it was it was an amazing show. It was like it was completely completely rammed. But I remember like I hit the cymbal and it and it went over. And then my drummer my drummer friend Ashley was in a band called Wint. But he jumped up and like you know fixed it for me. But that's happened about fifty times over the years where someone's had to jump on stage and fix it. Yeah, it does terrify me because like our, our like first gig, the Cult of Hands gig. Um, it was it's actually on it's actually on film. Like somebody was filming it. I can't remember who, but. It looks like, like, you know, he's just playing, he's like, you know, smashing the hi-hat. And uh, and it looks like somebody with like an invisible string, like five feet as a, meters away, just like pulls the string away from him, it's like attached to the stick and his stick just, and he, you can see, he like looks at his hand like, shit, my stick's not in my hand. And he like continues playing like this, like ting, ting, bang, ting, 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 bang. And it was like, I was looking at him like, what the fuck's going on, man? And he was like, I've fucking lost my stick. So that terrifies me. I've never gigged as a drummer yet. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah no, not, like, not yet. That's how um, I met you, I think. Right? I think you I think you were playing a show in Goody Who. And um, I think you were a three-piece. Yeah. Um, I think you were supporting, was it Breakdown Face? I don't think they were on that night. Or was it someone else? Corner oh, corner put the show on, didn't he? Yeah, it was um it was a really fun gig that one. Like to be honest, I yeah, love all the gigs that I've done at Goody Who. I've never had a bad night. I mean sound wise I always found it was a bit a bit tricky, but it was always fun. I can't remember who was on that night, but yeah, that's when I met you with my three piece Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know you played drums until uh, I seen a photo of you pop up on Facebook with you being a drum kit. I, I didn't know you played drums. Yeah. Just, like, you're a guitarist. Yeah, I um, it was like the first instrument that I started doing because, like you, my dad drummed a bit. He got a kit, and then I sort of took over it when I was like twelve. Then I, I had a few lessons at school, and I hated it. And um, and I, I yeah, I just started playing guitar because I was seduced by the guitar. And um, but I always missed drums. Like I was that typical annoying guitarist. Like as soon as the drummer got up for a fag, I'd go to the kit. Yeah. So. 
I, I you know now I don't have to do that now I'm I am the drummer and what's really fun is like if you're if you write songs if you're a guitarist or whatever it it really informs the drum like the drumming really informs the music so I'll drum something when I'm practicing and I'll be like oh I like that what could I write to that yeah. and then I end up sort of like playing against myself and um it's actually been really helpful in forming my writing but I wanted to ask you actually do you ever do you ever feel like you want to get up and play anything else or are you happy just smashing the drums <laughs> I'm really happy just smashing the drums right. but so sometimes um I I think about um I I have fancied um uh, learning to play bass a, a couple of times like mm. you know I think if if you're a, if you're a drummer then you know all about rhythm the ba uh, the bass is like the next best thing to go to I think they go hand in hand yeah totally have you ever heard of a band called Level Forty Two? Like a, I think they're like a reggae band. I've never really listened to them. Yeah, yeah, I have. I went to a drum clinic and drum depot, and uh, he he was doing a clinic, but he was saying that drum depot uh, plug there. <laughs> you can't. They're great, aren't they? They are great guys. Uh, breath. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> yeah, um, he was saying that everybody in his band, his keyboard player, his guitarist, his bass player, they're all drummers, and then he went on to say that I think. He goes, I'm a strong believer that rhythm is way more stronger than melody. Yeah, you, you can be creative with drumming. Like, I was actually also going to talk to you about a gig at down at, at Goody Who. Sorry, was it? It was at Goody Who. I think it might have been that night. No, it wasn't the night I met you. It was an, a Cult of Hands gig, but um, it was another blowout gig. And uh, Connor put on, Connor Llewellyn, uh, he put on... Um, a band called Downard. Don't know if you'd seen them at any point. No, Bristol I, band, I, a two-piece. No, I don't think I did. Oh, mate! Like I think you'd love them. Yeah. They're really like elusive. Like they're Check not. Um, they're not good with social media. Like you just. Yeah, it's really. I think they're on YouTube a bit. But basically, they blew my socks off. Yeah. They're a couple, and so she plays bass, and he drums and screams into a mic, basically. <laughs> but like they so they so could have done with being on like later on in the day because it was still light outside and everything. And then they're in there with their like boiler suits and shit, like they have like a proper look going on. I love the boiler um, suit look. I know, yeah, it's in cool. now. It is in. It's in like <laughs> Flynn. And uh, I should get one actually. Chris has got one. I don't know why I haven't got one. But anyway, and I was watching him drum, and I was like you're not originally a drummer are you like you're you're a guitarist I could tell just I could just tell from watching him I was like you drum you drum the way I do where it's kind of kind of erratic there's like yeah, no sure. there's like you, you've not been taught did you ever have so you never had any lessons did you um when I was 14 um a guy in the Ronda taught me for a while and he, he taught me how to he taught me how to read music because I wanted to learn how to read that's amazing and then um I stopped having lessons with him then and went back, went back to teaching myself again. And then I, I, that's when I started being in bands. Mm. And then you learn a lot from being in bands. After a couple more years, I've, I've been having, I still have lessons now. I'm having lessons with a, a guy called Elliot Bennett. He's in, a, he's in a band called Slowly Rolling Camera, like a trip hop jazz band. Amazing. Oh, nice. But he's like, he's annoyingly good. Like he just, mm. he, can, he, he can play anything effort, effortless. Effortless. Oh my God! Sorry. It's effortless, fine. Effort. Jeez. Effortless. Uh. It takes a lot of effort. So he's, he's, he's very. He's very good. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, my brother. Um. He's he's fourteen and he started learning how to play drums and uh. 
there's a guy literally just down the road from us. They're called uh, Drum Dramatic because it's like it looks like an attic when you go in there. Yeah. Um, and he's just the coolest dude, and he he's really laid back, um, and he's really modest, so you don't really see him like do much actual drumming himself. But then. I go along to his lessons sometimes just because he's got three kits that are like facing each other and we just cool. kind of drum together. Yeah. And um, and I said to him, look, can you just show me some... I, I said, my mum says you're a jazz drummer. Can you kind of just give me a bit of a clinic on that? And he went, ooh, jazz, let's do this. And he just went, and he just fucking went into it. And I was like, oh. I know. Like, that's what <laughs> I want to learn. Like, as soon as this is over, I'm probably going to hijack my brother's lessons and learn how to fucking jazz drum because... It's just it blows my mind. Like it's so satisfying. Yeah, my my drum teacher he, he taught me, he um he showed me uh, all these drummers like a guy called uh, Kareem Riggins. He's like played for like Kendrick Lamar, like he plays for Thundercat, um, Common, and then he showed me that this guy and he, he was teaching me how to play some of his songs. So I had the music in front. Mm. Really difficult. Eventually, I, I I could just about do one or two songs. Yeah. That's what got me into like hip hop drumming a bit more. Like I had a newfound respect for when he showed me like all these musicians, like uh, pianists like Robert Clasper, all, all like all these musicians. They, they all seem to know each other as well in that scene. I think yeah, hip hop and um, like even rap, like just all of that is really good to practice too. Like yeah, um, so it's fun. funny you, you actually brought hip hop up because I really think. I mean, I thought. Um, Abe Cunningham from Deftones. I thought he, for some reason, had a, a background in hip hop. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's right or not. I, I de definitely like. Um, the re yeah, the reason why I love Abe Cunningham's playing so much is that when you listen to his play, is is playing in Deftones, you can clearly see that he like. I I think he hardly listens to rock music himself. Yeah. Because, because he's not. He doesn't play like a rock drummer at all. Like, he does. He does. He does sometimes, especially in the choruses, but like on the verses and stuff. Like songs like Passenger off White Pony. Yeah. That's like that's like an R and B beat. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I always think that is there's such a bounce and a snap yeah. to his to his playing and like he he he's so capable. Like he, he could indulge in like the whole double pedal thing. But he just he doesn't he just doesn't need to. He, like I've been listening to him so much over the past like year or so, especially at the gym. Yeah. They're good gym music. Yeah, they are. They're <laughs> and <good>. like <laughs> This is they just get you pumped, right? Like Tuna Marino just I don't know, he pumps me up. And um like yeah, it's this hip hoppy style. And one thing I've gleaned from his playing is like he'll take like something that, you know, you could just hit the snare once and he hits it like two or three times. I think you know the song um You've seen the Butcher? Yeah, riff riff and half. Yeah. Oh I know, right. That is <laughs> just that song is like magic to me. Like makes hair stand back of my neck stand up. Like yeah, Diamond Eyes is one of my um, favorite albums I think ever. Oh, yeah, it's it's lush. Like they, they, I just love him. But um, yeah, that song he's he's kind of going. He's doing like a jazzy sort of swung thing in the chorus, and he's kind of like going. But he's doing all this like he kind of fills the space, but he doesn't overplay. He serves the song. Yeah, the only um proper metalhead in Deftones, the only member is Stephen Carpenter, the guitar player. Because when they were making oh, really? when they were making Gore, their last album, they were arguing because Stephen yeah. Carpenter wanted it to be a, a metal album, and the rest. Sorry, of, my cat's coming in. It's okay. <laughs> and, and the rest of the band were were saying um, they they didn't want it to be a. So your cat making a noise. Yeah, he won't shut up. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so loud. 
But yeah, carry on. <laughs> yeah, they were arguing because uh, he wanted it to be like a flat out met- metal album. And the rest of the band were saying they, they didn't want it to be. They wanted it to be like a mellow, a mellow album. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When you, uh, you set out with like a goal and then working with different people, just work, like you said, like working in a band, you get so much different experience. Yeah. Um, you end up having to like let go of a lot of your, your hang-ups about like what you expect something to be. Of course. That's why people fall out in bands and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. people just really don't want to let go of their baby. Like, but if you've written something and you bring it forward and someone's like, I don't like that, let's try this. No. It can be really... Like, as a drummer, do you kind of find yourself sat there, like, listening to people argue? Yeah. Because I find there's two <laughs> kinds of drummers. There's one that's, like... There's one that's, like, really involved in the decision-making and then there's the one that's like, I'm just going to go for a fag, guys. You know? Yeah. So, sometimes I'm mostly that I'm going to go for a cigarette guy, but so, like yeah. sometimes you know, if I feel if I feel strongly about something, I'll, I'll say it, and then once I've said it, I've ended up arguing with people, mm-hmm. and it's like that's when that's when it's rubbish in a band. It's when you argue with your friends, like. Yeah, it's just sort of, the fun comes out of it. You, it's good to step back. Yeah. It's good to step back and kind of like take a breather from each other because artists are like catty man like so bitchy it's just it can get crazy yeah listen to these folks i'm just yakking it up about drums like they know what they're talking about think they're so cool and young and hip well newsflash baby these old bones have been around the skin since before they were goddamn born yeah i jammed with the lemon heads back in 89 fugazi in 87 and uh well actually it's kind of all of them I wanted to just changing the subject I wanted to ask you if you've ever because obviously we yesterday we spoke about like our influences and stuff and it got me really thinking about my favorite drummers yeah, of course um I don't know if so you obviously you know Jack White of White Stripes yeah he's amazing I love him yeah have, have you ever listened to Dead Weather the Dead Weather great band yeah 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 yeah, yeah you like him oh I'm so glad you like yeah, him like, I can never find people who've heard of him yeah they didn't they only did like uh, one or two albums didn't they or they don't, yeah like they I think do they, much. they did t- I think they released a third, but they didn't tour the third, and I was so gutted because oh, I was okay. like, "Yeah, oh, I just I was I was so gutted I missed out on them." But um, yeah, the second, well, the first and second albums are just both amazing. Like, and his drumming, I wanted to talk to you about how interesting it is that he has this sort of hidden talent. Like, no one really knew he could drum the way he did, but he's super hip hoppy. I think he's one of those annoying guys who can just like he can yeah. almost play any instrument. Yeah, he's really driven. I I think he's one of those people that like lives and breathes his art. Um, yeah. But I remember when I first like started listening to Deadweather, I was like, oh, never mind White Stripes. Like this is where it's at because it was really dark, but it had like hip hop sort of, you know, like lots of ride, lots of hi hat kind of fanciness going on. So yeah, I'm impressed that you've heard of him. Like I'm really glad you like, yeah, met someone who knows Deadweather. I absolutely I love Jack White. He's amazing because like he's always um, yeah. He never does the same thing. He's, he always tries to push himself forward and tries to make something different. Like, I like this solo album. Yeah. I thought that was good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I liked that because he's done a couple, hasn't he? I liked the first one, Blunderbuss, I think it was. That was yonks ago now. Yeah, that was so long ago. I love that James Bond song he did with Alicia Keys. Oh god, yeah, I forgot it's about so, that. It's that so was amazing. Another way to die. Yeah, amazing song. It's got like saxophone and stuff on it as yeah, well, hasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot how good that was. When Jack White was on his um, last, uh, I think his last tour with his um, solo band, like have you have you heard Miles Walter? I was fun. I was actually going to talk to you about those guys, but yeah, I've got a story. Carry on. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I've got a story too about the bass player because I hang out. I, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, but um. The, the keyboard player for like the was in the Comitorium and uh, the guy who played keyboard on that, he um he had a heart attack when he was on tour with Jack White's band. He died at like fifty one or oh, something. God. Yeah. Oh, that's so That's really sad. But terribly yeah. inconvenient for the fans. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking, I'm joking. Yes. Oh, yeah, so bad. But like um That is awful. But I met um Juan Aldrett, the bass player for Mars Walter in the the Moon Club. What? Moon yeah, Club. there was no one in there. There was no one in there. There was about there was me uh-huh. there was me and my girlfriend and about ten bass players. Like that that was it. Just flocking together. And, um, it, was, it was like this one of his um, side projects. It was like him and this um, woman, and she was like on keys singing and he was playing bass and he had this massive pedal board and he was making like all these crazy sounds. But he was yeah, a he was a really nice guy. I was just fanboying. I was just fanboying and I would pipe with him. Yeah, I bet you're starstruck. Yeah, I was like, oh, I saw you in London a couple of years ago. Amazing. Ah. And now you're here, like, on my doorstep in Moon Club, like, my local. I, I don't listen to Marilyn Manson, but he played bass on Marilyn Manson's last tour, like, yeah. everybody seems to know it. The Mars Volta seems to be like a, what's it called, like, a um, melting pot of just different musicians from different places. Like, Definitely, uh, yeah. Queen's Stone Age drummer. Uh, John, John Theodore. The- John yeah. Theodore was in Mars Volta. I saw them in, um, I, in Club Eva Bach, I got to see... Chris and I went to see um, Mini Mansions. Ah, uh, yeah, he plays drums for them, doesn't he? He well, he has been lately, and we luckily we got to see him. And like, he's a giant of a man. Like, we were right at the front, and obviously, there's no backstage. They just come through that door, don't they? So he walked on, like they walked on, and I was just there, like, oh my god. Well, you've met John Theodore. I well, I didn't meet him, but he was just he just walked. He literally he kind of was like, oh, excuse me, and he kind of like gently ushered us out of the way, and I was just like. Stare. I was just staring shamelessly. Like, can I touch his back? Is he tall? He's giant. He's, he's huge. Like, he's crazily just, just yeah. He's like ninety percent tallness and muscle, and like a million percent drumming talent. Like, I like getting to see him up close because he's one of my drum heroes. Same. He's one of my favorites. I after I listened to um, that I was in the Comatorium, I used to try to mimic how he played. Really. Like um. The way he play, the way he plays ghost notes and stuff. Yeah. And also, they, they have like a jazzy element to them, mm. and, and he does with his playing as well. Yeah, like Latin as well, well kind of beats. Definitely, yeah. Because they're from like El Paso, aren't they? Are they from El yeah, Paso? Yeah, yeah, they've, They're like there's like a massive. They're somewhere like that, yeah. Like, I'm gonna sound really ignorant. <laughs> there's obviously like a massive like Latin, style community there. Or, they had kind of like spooky elements in their music as well. They have all that history. Like I'm actually, I'm not that big a fan of Mars Volta. I only know them because of Chris. He is, he just loves them. He absolutely loves uh, Mars Volta. And I can appreciate a lot of the elements of them. Yeah. I actually saw Deadweather, uh, oh, Deadweather, um, saw Royal Blood a couple of years ago and at the drive and supported them in Cardiff. At the I went to that. I was there for that. Did you? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. The crowd did not appreciate them, did they? No. It was a shame. 
like usually Omar Rodriguez goes nuts with his guitar dancing and stuff. Yeah. But I don't think he was. I don't think he was feeling it. I, I think his mom had passed away, but nobody knew. Oh right. So everyone was like, oh, he was in the, in the mood or whatever. He was like, uh, they were shit. They weren't shit though. They, they was probably the tightest they've ever played <laughs> because they weren't jumping about going nuts. I know, but you, you kind of want to see that you're like getting on each other's shoulders and shit. Like yeah, absolutely mental. One of the best shows I've ever seen. I've ever been to. I had goosebumps. Everything was. They did. A, they made a new album and then they toured, and I went to see them in uh, Roundhouse mm. in London, which is an amazing venue. Have you ever been there? I've never been. No, I'd love to. It's like it's like in Camden, but it, or near Camden, mm. but oh, so it's an amazing venue. It's huge, like. Um, but they cut like uh, before they come on stage. Like Omar comes out and starts swinging his guitar around on his own, dancing, and the entire crowd were just going nuts. I was with my girlfriend. So crazy. I lost her. Like no one was moshing, but like everyone was just moving so much. I just didn't see. I didn't see my girlfriend on <laughs> gig. All my friends. You were just off. Yeah, yeah we met. Like, we met up with Ran some friends. Ran the wave. And like they, they just everyone just disappeared into the crowd, and then they they opened with Arkansas and just mm. smashed. And one of the best shows I've ever seen <laughs> in my life, but. So, I don't know if you um, I, I guess you'll know of uh, Thomas Pridgen who played for them as well amazing amazing yeah yeah because I've got a story about him um, like obviously I love his drumming I love his stuff he's I think a he shredder. did a thing with Dromeo <laughs> he's just sick he's insane isn't he yeah if somebody asks you to draw the coolest drummer you can you would just draw him <laughs> he's just he should be in the dictionary under drummer yeah like he should what a drummer should look like and be he's just so cool um, I, I'm sorry what was you saying yeah. I interrupted you then. no no it's fine um Chris was like, I'm, I'm sure Chris told me that. Um, obviously, they they write in a really strange way, don't they? Like Omar will keep it really secret. He'll be like, I want you to play this, and then yeah. like it all kind of comes together at the end. And I'm pretty sure he was like, I can't remember what song it was, but oh, it's going to really annoy me what song it was. But um, he's talking to Thomas Prigent about, it and he was like, just more ghost notes, more ghost notes, as many ghost notes as you can get. Do not just fill the space, <laughs> completely fill the space. And obviously, Thomas Prigent's perfect for that yeah so he's a huge inspiration for me but um so literally like a couple of weeks ago he put on his instagram story i don't know if you ever follow i don't know if you follow him uh, yeah i have got him on instagram but i haven't seen his story i follow so many people on instagram that i, I, I miss a lot a of people's lost. stories and like yeah 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 it's, it's a lot but um i didn't see this chris actually sent me a link and he was like you need to get on this yeah uh and thomas Pridgen was like i'm doing lessons on zoom hit me up what uh, so I know, so I was like, fuck yeah. And I was a bit gutted because he, he, um, he was charging a hundred quid, like 50 pound up front to like secure the spot and then 50 pound, um, like later on. But oh, I didn't know that, so good. I just hit him up. That's quite good. It's really good, but wow. I just couldn't, avo- I couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I messaged him and I was like, Hey, you know, hi from England. Um, I'd love a lesson if you're free. Yeah. Literally two minutes later, he was like, yeah, cool. What <laughs> he was just like, uh, yeah, I'm free today. Like, you know, what time are you good for and all this? And I was like, shit. Like, I've got Thomas Pridgen in my DMs. Like, that's the so most normal thing, thing in the world. world. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. And then, yeah, I was just like so starstruck. And then I lost it. it yeah, I was just like shaking. I was shaking. And then, um, and I was like, I was almost like, oh, I don't want to do it because I'm just gonna be sick or something while I'm on like online to him because I'm gonna be so nervous. But um, then he told me how much it was and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry to have wasted your time. I can't really afford that. But, you know, thanks anyway. And he just replied, orgy. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, 
Soji, Soji. <laughs> and I was like, peace out, Thomas Bridgen. <laughs> I am, um, like, um, one, one of my favorite drummers is um, Mark Giuliano. He played on um, uh, David Bowie's Blackstar. Oh, and, you mentioned him, yeah, yeah. And he did a drum, he did a, a drum clinic and drum depot, and I couldn't make it. I think I couldn't get it off work. Oh, shame. So the next day, he did a masterclass. So I paid like £150 for four hours with like, it was like me and like 15 other people in a circle. And we just had, pra- oh. just had practice pads. And it was like, it was amazing, but it was nerve wracking because mm. like he like asked you to play something and you'd like take in turns and they would go around. And then when it gets to me and he's, <laughs> and he's like looking at you as well, and he's like one of the best, I think. And I'm like, Ugh. and I play, and I played something, like panic, and played something, and he just went nice, and I was like, what? Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but like bright red. And it was like we had a break like two hours in, but like, every time it came to me, I was just like, oh god, this is. It was like the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done, but it was amazing. Like he was, he was, I totally he was telling us the story of like how David Bowie asked them to be on Blackstar. But there's a bar in Manhattan called Bar 66, and it's like a place that's probably smaller than Goody Who. It's like a tiny, a tiny venue. It's just caters for jazz. And they were like halfway through their set, and then David Bowie walks in, <laughs> and and he and then um, like afterwards, just asked them if they want to be on the new album. And they were like, uh, yeah, obviously. Mental. <laughs> yeah. Like you just you just shit yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would just, dro- I'd drop a stick or something up. if David Bowie walked into him. I'd, I'd, I'd mess up. Yeah. Total, yeah, fall off my stool. God, yeah, it's such a shame that he died. Like, I remember I was in my third year of uni and I came downstairs and um, literally my, my housemate was just looking at his phone and he just looked at me and he went, David Bowie died. And I was just like, I didn't know he could die. <laughs> no. I, just, he I looked, thought, um, what the heck? I thought he was, like, superhuman. He always looked good, though, until the end, you know? Every time you see him mm. on TV or, like, he looks... Oh, for his age and stuff. So classy. But he went out like a boss. He's like he was like nearly seventy, or he might have been seventy, and then he made a trip. I think he's sixty-eight, sixty-nine. Is he sixty-nine? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he was definitely late sixties when he died. Yeah, and he made a trip up album that was actually like amazing. <laughs> I think I think I personally think it's his best album. Is this Black Star? Yeah. Yeah. I I I just liked all the jazz elements in it. Yeah, because I I said to you yesterday, didn't I, that I can't bring myself to listen to it. I should, but it's it, it is like tough, but it's the music is beautiful, like mm. so it's like you get like a bittersweet feeling when you're like listening to yeah. it. Um, but he what's what's mad is uh, he was saying his two his two main influences for Blackstar. He he was listening to Kendrick Lamar's to Pimper Butterfly, and he was listening to Death Grips. Those are the two bands that like inspired Blackstar. Like it's mad. I love hearing that. Like I love hearing <laughs> about. Just like big musicians listening to their current stuff, they're not just listening to themselves on repeat from like the seventies. They, yeah. I think Jimmy Page is similar to that. Like, although obviously, like I love Jimmy Page, but from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, he he's he's, he's actually surprisingly he's like quite well connected with current stuff. Like, like he loved Royal Blood when um they came out. Like he had loads of nice things to say about them, and I imagine for them that must have been like shit. Yeah, Robert Plant wrote an article last year. And it was saying like people is hate is age stop saying stuff like oh music is dead now because it's not, and he said stop listening to like Zeppelin and bands like that and listen to new stuff. He was saying, he's like there's he goes there's yeah. so many bands out there that you're not listening to because you're arrogant like. 
which is true. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a really good attitude, attitude about making new stuff. He's always just like doing something new. He's he's even better for Jimmy Page. I think Jimmy Page does, he does quite like to look back on his history, but like Robert Plant's just like, ah, I'm just going to make this Bye. like... <laughs> world music vibe like ah i i love his solo stuff yeah because because um i find like most singers from his gener his generation they're like par almost almost parodies of themselves kind of thing now mm. whereas he is like yeah. he's like oh yeah I'm, I'm old now yeah and like his voice has gone like like he knows he can he's better at singing folky stuff his voice is aged like mm. a white like a fine wine like but he knows he can't. Has, he knows right. he can't like sing immigrant song the same way as he could when he was like in his twenties or thirties. You know, one of my favorite um, Zeppelin songs is the Wonton song. Oh, I don't think I even know that one. I I haven't. I've never actually listened to that one. It's off Physical Graffiti. The the, the groove is amazing. Like John Bonham's drumming in it. It's, it's like he's like doing triplets with his feet. I was about to say he's an underrated uh, drummer, but he's not actually. He's no. I was I was watching Bill Burr on Netflix the other day, stand up, and, he, and he's talking, and he goes, oh yeah, you know, I was arguing with my wife or whatever, and he goes, and, I, and he goes, <laughs> as oh. usual. Yeah, yeah, so that's most of the stand he's talking about. And Fucking he, wife. And he says he walked, and, and he says he, he walked off and tried to work on his, his left foot, like John Bonham I've, style. I've listened to that. Yeah, and he mentions him, like, people still talk about him till, you know, today, even in like, in like all like, um, uh, music outlets he's still mentioned because his drumming will always be relevant because of his fun mm. technique but yeah it's funny that you brought up bill burr like <laughs> i'm hugely into comedy which unfortunately like we haven't really got time to talk about but i would love to talk to you about comedy uh, yeah. like <laughs> i love bill burr you got to see bill burr didn't you uh i it takes a lot to make me barely laugh like i laugh so yeah. much when i see him in Birmingham. i i because I, I went to see his paper tiger tour like that's, that's on netflix now right. like but he brought it to the uk yeah yeah Oh, he killed! He killed me! Like, my, yeah, I felt ill after I laughed so much. There was a guy sat. Yeah, there was a guy sat next to me who kept like looking at me the entire time and just laughing at me <laughs> laughing. <It's> yeah, like, <laughs> I love that. And my girlfriend kept going, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No, I don't think You're so." You're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. He was just. He was like. He was like slagging yeah, Michelle Obama off for like an hour, and it killed me. Like, he's just so <laughs> cruel. Like, he's just. He's. He's so ruthless. Like, unapologetically, like mean, but. I think that makes for better comedy. Like, I really want to give it a go. Actually, um, I want to try try some comedy. Yes. Why not? You know, like I've done gigs and I'm doing this with you now. Like, it's it's scary enough. So. Well, I've been I've been thinking about getting into that. Like, I've been writing. Yeah, I've, I think... been, I've been writing stuff. But uh, oh, yeah. good. Yeah, so have I actually. Yeah. Just compare notes. Yeah, but I've never done it before. Yeah, I... But like, I I like I do like comedy. It's good. Yeah, I really, I think it's, it must be a really scary thing. The scariest thing is dealing with hecklers. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. You just don't, because you, you can't predict what they're going to say, so you can't prepare an answer. You have to just be like, off yeah, the fly. You have to be quick. I don't think I've ever spoken on a microphone before. Have you not? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't, do you know what? I don't think I have either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up, if that's yeah. okay. I've got like, because we haven't even spoken about really lockdown, which is what this has turned into. It just, it, I, I spoke to um, my my first person I spoke to, she actually said she didn't want lockdown to influence what she was doing currently. Sure. Um, and that, that, I don't know, it blew my mind. It completely blew my mind. Yeah. And, um, so these talks have been more of like a chat in lockdown because we're doing it online sort of thing. But um, I did want to ask you actually, like, so obviously you've been making your like your drum videos and things like that. 
I think I've only seen one though. I saw the Justin Timberlake one. <laughs> I've only made two. I made, I made a, a Joyner Lucas one. I, I might do, I'm still trying to decide what to do with my third one. Something electronic sounding I want to do. Because I think it sounds better, that kind of stuff, on an electric kit rather than rock yeah, songs. Yeah, totally. That's why I'm playing these songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, because I was going to ask you as well, like um, in lockdown, obviously, you're not able to play with your bandmates or anybody else. No. Like, I find it really frustrating playing on my own. Like, pra- you can't practice as well, I find. Yeah. So, like, I... I've been practicing things like, like obviously you did the Justin Timberlake one um, and like other electronic stuff. I've been like playing along to like Sheik and Chaka Khan and things like oh, that. Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I find, well, I can't pl- practice the, the rock stuff with my other half. Justin Timberlake is really um, good to play drums too. Like, yeah, really yeah, good. I need to do that a bit more, I think. Because it's easy to lock in with his music as well. It's, it seem, it's almost, it makes you feel like, comfortable when you play this, you know, yeah. it's easy to like. And you can you can do do a, you can throw in a fill. You can, do, like you, can, you can do whatever you want. Practicing along to like like pop music and things like that, and you know anything that's in the charts, like it it, it does keep you tight, you know, and hip hop things like that. But like Chuck Khan, I, I love drumming along to Chuck Khan stuff at the moment. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just so much fun. And by the end of it, I'm like sweating because each song is like at least five minutes. Yeah. And I'm just like that's that, that's what's fun about playing. Um like with hip-hop and r&b and stuff because they mostly use samples so there's there's yeah. there's really an actual drum kit on it so you it's like your playground almost to do what, like whatever you want like it's fun yeah there's a, there's a lot of freedom but you also have to be super tight De- definitely yeah definitely but yeah have you found it frustrating not not being able to play with other people yeah really frustrating yeah that's what it's about at the end of the day yeah i, I, I found it i've been finding it really tough because we could have started like writing a new full EP now, me and my band, and we can't like. I mean, we could yeah. send ideas to each other and stuff, but it's, it's not the same. Like, I'm feeling optimistic that we're gonna get back to normal at some point, like you know, soon. Most most people are acting like it's normal anyway, and they just like doing what they want. Oh yeah, I don't know what it's like in Cardiff, or I, I don't I don't know where you live. I live in um I live in Plantrescent. Oh, of course, yeah. It's it's not it's it's not too bad here. I, it's um. I live like near Talbot Green, which is like a little town. But when I when I walked when I've been walking to work and stuff, it's been like a ghost town on days. But then other days, then it's packed, like you know, like back to normal sort of thing. So where where are you right now? I live in southwest of England, so Somerset, just over the bridge, really. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's all right, but the music scene's not as not as popping. No. No, definitely not. Do they have a like, music scene at all? A very small one. Um, and like the the nearest the nearest sort of town to me is Bath, and I always find it's a little bit rich for my blood. The, I've worked in Bath. Yeah, yeah. It, it's lovely, but it's just it's um I'm not I don't fit in. It's okay. not home for me. No, it doesn't, no. I it's it's just not as like the, the I, I spoke to Chris about this on one of our podcasts and it. The, the the Cardiff music scene, the the Welsh music scene is so much more welcoming. I don't know if it's just that English people are so much more, like, a bit more fake. Okay, Cardiff yeah. people, Welsh people, you, you guys are a lot more open. The Cardiff music scene is a lot of passion, isn't it? Like, when you go to gigs and stuff. Totally. We're just a big family. It's like support yeah. for everybody. Yes, you're you're not competing. You're, you're cheering each other on. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm, re- I'm really grateful to have been welcomed in, welcomed in even as an English person. So it's been great. 
I think we've covered everything I wanted to talk to you about, Daniel. Yeah, my dad just poked his head in and was like, he wrote on a, on a, on a letter saying, you've got 10 minutes before a drum lesson. So I was like, okay. So oh, he, God, he, yeah, no, that's perfect timing then. He's kicking me out at half past, so it's good timing. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. fine my cat's doing the same thing he's holding a sign up <laughs> saying you better feed me now or i'm gonna knock this glass off the cabinet and it's gonna smash I know, you've, so yeah it's been shouted at you like it's been 50 minutes like, like when you first come into the podcast at the start yeah, no, yeah it's, <laughs> this is how it goes though you, you st- there'll probably be like 30 minutes of material but it's good to to talk yeah. just get it all out it's, i just enjoy talking to people as well it's, it's great yeah no it's, it's so nice talking to you i enjoyed this it was fun yeah, thanks for coming on, Dan. No, thank you, Hugh. Cheers. Appreciate it. Take care, yeah? Yeah, take care.